Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the state of Joe Biden's agenda. Number two, California Democrat Adam Schiff posts a big Q2 fundraising number. And number three, the canvas Capitol Hill and how staffers don't think judicial ethics reforms are coming anytime soon. All right. Happy July 5th. Hope you all had a great holiday weekend and July 4th. Um, We wanted to start this morning with a look at how it's been a pretty rough stretch for President Joe Biden and his domestic agenda and also looking at how it's not getting any easier anytime soon. So let's look at a few of the factors uh, that have hit Biden's domestic agenda, the first being a federal judge in Louisiana, District Judge Terry Doughty, a Trump appointee who ruled on Tuesday that the Biden administration isn't permitted to talk to social media networks for, quote, the purpose of urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech, end quote. So this is a big, big deal. It limits agencies such as the FBI, the Departments of Health and Human Services, and Homeland Security, and others from trying to combat misinformation online. Of course, uh, and unsurprisingly, the Justice Department is expected to appeal the ruling Senator Eric Schmidt, the Republican from Missouri, who sued the Biden administration in 2022 as Missouri Attorney General on this issue, called it a monumental day for freedom of speech and said he'd be watching the Biden administration's compliance with the preliminary injunction very closely. Of course, this has been a big issue in terms of what the administration wanted and didn't want as a campaigning and not on Twitter and some of its interaction has become public, uh, but going to be a big issue going into the 2024 cycle. The number two thing to watch, the Supreme Court scrapped Biden's student loan forgiveness program last week. A lot of ink has been written on that, but obviously a major blow to the president and progressives on Capitol Hill. Biden has said Education Secretary Miguel Cardona will go back to the drawing board and try to restart the effort. But the big question is, can Biden overcome the legal hurdles that the court put in place? Number three thing to look at is the Biden's nominee to be Labor Secretary, Julie Sue. We have talked a lot about her on this podcast over the last month or so. She's an extreme long shot to be confirmed by the Senate. Of course, she faces unified Senate GOP opposition, while several moderates on the Democratic side of the aisle won't say whether they will back her. Biden hasn't given up on the nomination, yet there's truly no momentum either and no sense of how the White House can do anything to break the months-long deadlock. Four Four thing to think about here is House Republicans and how they want to impeach any or all of the following people. That includes the president, Attorney General Merrick Garland, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, none of which will be removed from office thanks to Senate Democrats, but it's still a big headache for the administration. Garland, in particular, has been caught up in the Biden-Hunter case, which is both a personal and political dilemma for the president. House Republicans are going to continue to push very hard on that plea deal on tax and gun charges that the younger Biden's lawyers cut with the Justice Department. 
Fifth thing to think about here is there has been several horrific mass shootings during the last few days, including in Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Fort Worth, Texas. Biden has renewed his call for an assault weapons ban, but there's really no chance that that's going to happen with Republicans running the House. Biden, of course, signed the most significant gun control bill in decades during the last Congress, but so far that has done little to stem the tide of gun-related violence. Perhaps no issue shows the limits of presidential power more acutely than this one. And lastly, over the weekend, suspected cocaine was found in the White House. The instant Biden wasn't there when it happened prompted a brief evacuation. We don't know much right now. And the Secret Service is investigating, but it's never a good thing when an illegal substance is found in the president's home. So that's a series of tough things and issues that are acting as big headaches for this administration. But there is some good news. The U.S. economy remains surprisingly resilient and inflation is coming down. Job growth and consumer spending are solid and gas prices are also down. Biden economics may not be a winner with the American public, at least not in the polls, but Wall Street is feeling good about it. And the number of migrants crossing the U.S.-Mexico border also remains lower than last year and far lower than feared after Title 42, the public health authority, expired. It's not a great situation by any stretch, and the administration has done a terrible messaging job on the issue through Biden's presidency, but it could be a lot worse. So now this week, Biden is going to be heading to London over the weekend and then on to Lithuania for the NATO summit where he continues to drive the Western Alliance's response to the Ukraine war. There's a path toward finalizing Sweden and Finland's ascension to NATO, which is a major step forward and something the administration supports. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is heading to China in a bid to ease tensions between the two superpowers, even though the sanctions threats from both sides continues to grow. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump continues to dominate the GOP presidential primary, including holding a huge rally in South Carolina on Saturday. Biden is heading to the Palmetto State on Thursday, by the way. And Trump is the only person as unpopular in the polls as Biden, and their head-to-head matchup is a toss-up so far. However, if there's anyone the White House wants to run against in 2024, it is the twice-indicted Trump. Trump supporters will never desert him, but he's also a known quantity to independent and swing voters who will decide the election. Voters may not love Biden, but Trump has lost the popular vote by millions during the last two presidential races, and there's no reason to think it couldn't happen again next year. All right, let's move on to the number two story in of the morning, 2024. It's coming into focus here, particularly in California. Representative Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, raised more than $8.1 million in the second quarter for his Senate bid, his campaign announced Wednesday morning. Schiff, who is, of course, vying for Senator Dianne Feinstein's seat, has $29.5 million on hand. His campaign said the $8.1 million haul is, quote, the most any Senate campaign nationwide has raised in Q2 of an off-cycle year ever. We certainly don't have a full picture of the fundraising landscape in the California Senate race, but these numbers likely make Schiff the leader in the money game. Schiff, of course, is running against some other very prolific fundraisers. There's Representative Katie Porter, the Democrat from California, who is a monster fundraiser and had $9 million in the bank as of the end of last quarter. And Representative Barbara Lee, Lee, also in that race, has gotten support from a number of key local officials and members of Congress. 
Let's move on to the number three story of the morning, the Canvas Capitol Hill. Super interesting item this morning on judicial ethics reforms. Nearly all Capitol Hill staffers, 91%, think it is unlikely that Congress will pass judicial ethics reforms despite a string of recent Supreme Court-related ethics controversies. This comes as the Senate Judiciary Committee is set to mark up a SCOTUS-related ethics bill when Congress returns from the July 4th break. A huge majority of Republicans... 95% and Democratic staffers, 88% say reforms are unlikely. The survey was conducted after a ProPublica story about Clarence Thomas showed that the Supreme Court justice accepted luxury vacations from billionaire GOP donor Harlan Crow. News about Justice Samuel Alito taking a luxury fishing vacation with Paul Singer, a Republican billionaire with business before the Supreme Court, came out toward the end of the period during which the survey was conducted. Two parties are sharply divided over the issue of judicial ethics reforms. Democrats say that reforms are needed, while Republicans say Congress should just stay out of it and leave it to the court. The results of this month's poll come from the Canvas Capitol Hill, our survey of senior congressional staffers, and it was conducted June 5th through the 26th in partnership with Locust Street Group. One quick thing before we let you go this morning, just wanted to remind you, that Jake and I will be talking to Senator Todd Young, the Republican from Indiana, and Representative Ro Khanna, the Democrat from California, in two weeks on July 18th at 5 p.m. about quantum and the revolution going on in the industry right now. You can join us to learn more about the policy opportunities for quantum computing with the reauthorization of the National Quantum Initiative Act on the horizon. RCP at our events hub at punchful.news. With that, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you enjoy The Daily Punch, please leave us a rating and review. Share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also go deeper on all the things I talked about this morning and more by signing up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.